Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Strength in the Numbers. Our guest mentor this week is Anuj Vij and previously Anuj has shared with us his rather diverse and rich experiences from having an international career spanning nearly three decades across three continents. And having had such a long-standing career, Anuj has been able to reflect and piece together how finance has changed in the meantime but also the emerging opportunities where we can even become more relevant, more important and add even more value to the business. And it's amazing some of the things Anuj goes into that he's doing now that he could probably never have imagined doing five, ten years ago or even when he started his career. So look, on this episode, Anuj describes the key to how finance can become more involved, where we're perhaps not as involved yet. Also, why the quote, we should be afraid of an accountant who can sell is very important today. And also... He shares an unprecedented opportunity for finance on how we can rethink what we're doing to even become more relevant and add more value to the business. As always, the timestamp show notes can be found on our website at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash 060. So without further ado, over to Anuj and the show. And like, I mean, I you you probably found your way into some forward-looking companies there. Uh, you know, I know that's not necessarily the case for for all of our audience. Like in terms of, in terms of, do you feel we can sort of maybe manufacture more the the finance importance, or how how could we go about like in your mind uh, making finance more important if some companies it's not as not as um, further along the journey um, as it probably should be nowadays. I, that's a that's a good point, and I think the key to that is basically understanding the business. Right, finance is always at times, you know. I think it's about what's at the front end or the back end. If you think that finance is going to be at the back end always, then it is not going to work. I think finance leaders and finance professionals really need to understand the business drivers and you know because they have the added advantage right of you know you uh, i think down the road in one of your things you asked me like which is your favorite book right one of my things that has always been uh, was you know the thing that what they don't teach you at harvard business school and one of those yeah. one of those things in his book, he's there's a quote he says like I'm always afraid of an accountant who can sell because <laughs> he's, sit, he's sitting on that That's table. That's brilliant. He, the, you know, most people when they're talking about a business, right? They're just worried about one driver or the other, right? Whether it is increasing market share, increasing product, this thing. If you have a, a finance professional when they sits on the table, can actually you know, take in many more parameters at the same time, right? He can calculate and, you know, bring into the aspect that, okay, fine, you know, we're growing market share, but if our overall profitability declines, then it's not really worth it, right? 
or if we are going to do that, if it's a strategic move, what, if, how, what, what timeline are we placing on it? So again, understanding the business is key. So when I came into Chevron as well, right? Um, uh, the, after my initial compliance job, where I was basically talking to when so similarly, when I was talking to lawyers all the time, I spent time studying the acts, studying the language, studying the, uh, the, what I was responsible for so that, you know, when I would talk to them, I would have that basis that, you know, have a common ground on when, because my key customers were lawyers. Now, when I moved into the NMA, the Nigeria mid Africa role, where I was working with a whole bunch of geologists and uh, engineers, right? I took the effort, I spent the time and effort to take courses in one of, you know, geology 101, uh, engineering 101, right? So that when I'm sitting at a table and we are discussing, you know, when you're discussing, a, for example, a, a, you know, drilling on a certain thing and people are throwing, you know, whether there is a, you know, on this point, it is a correct capture or not, a seismic, seismic shoot and how they are going to be able to use that. If you don't understand that and you don't understand, you don't understand what value those people are trying to drive, you cannot be seen as a valued business partner, right? You have to earn the trust, right? You have to be able to communicate at the same level. Right. And you need to understand what the business driver is for whichever group that you are servicing. At the end of the day, finance is still a service right? that we are providing to the overall organization. But if you don't understand what the business drivers are for that organization, you cannot be good at providing that service. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And look, I appreciate you sharing those real experiences, Anush, of, of where it's happened for you. And- I think sometimes we use that excuse it's just the business doesn't get it. I think there's, we just need to take some ownership. Like we've got these great technical training to be able to deconstruct a business. So we do have the skills to figure out what the drivers are, but we then need to probably invest a bit more effort into learning the, the language of the business. I mean, even if, if you know, like yourself working uh, multinationally, I, I, you know, I've got a way and I've learned new languages just so I have a curiosity about their culture how to interact with people and and we could share many stories about that as well but you know it's actually been able to how do you say take that technical understanding and and also understanding the language of business so we can translate that into something that's valuable for the consumers in the business it's the service as you said so so i I i think the ownership's on us to be able to go and and drive that through so you know i really appreciate you sharing that practical advice for our audience anuj um i suppose in terms of in terms of where you are now in terms of what you're working on and seeing what's exciting you most about accounting and finance at the moment i think the advent of you know uh, big data and software as a service is what really excites me now because see accountants and we were always limited by you know, the limitations of things like Excel and, you know, financial systems being kind of really uh, kind of static, right? They're not dynamic. The ability to, so imagine, right, how things used to work. Like two years ago, when somebody wanted to look at at a, you know, let's say an initiative, right, to drive 
let's say a new product or a new initiative that someone's trying to launch, they would send an email or call a meeting to a uh, to a call a meeting and then say, you know what, we need to get information for this particular, let's say this particular market. And then somebody would go and, you know, get the data out from the financial system, put it into Excel, uh, load it into PowerPoint, and then have, a, then have a presentation. And then, you know, the whole process would be like, it would take roughly a week or so. And it's, it's a, <laughs> right. But we, I think there is a huge opportunity right now is that, for example, and it's all, it's all about rethinking the way you actually do business, right? So creating, you know, advent, things like Power BI, Office 365, and, um, you know, Microsoft Teams mm-hmm. plus Power Pivot have actually given a lot of computing power directly to, in the yes. hands of finance people. Now, for example, I have, we did, you know, when I was in operations, when I came into operations, I was like, oh my God, every time I'm sitting and doing, I'm, everyone asks me questions about the same data every single time, and I have to pull it every single time and do this. This is ridiculous. So we, so I ended up implementing a whole, um, well, it's a, we set up that as, configured partly on SQL Server and uh, running off Microsoft Azure and uh, Power BI. But we, so first was standardizing the data set, right? What people normally look at. And then uh, pulling all that data into, you know, easy to use, uh, easy to use dashboards that everybody can access. So instead of now, when my, my frontline manager needs to look at a well well performance. He doesn't need to send me an email or give me a call. He logs. He will just open up the, the my dashboard on his mobile or on his uh, computer, and he can see all the performance of that particular well going back till the time that well started. So the ability to aggregate and present data uh, more fluently, quickly, and seamlessly is an opportunity that is that is really exciting. And then the point is now, you know, earlier on to execute something like that, you needed IT people, yeah. right? You would need specialized skills in programming, yeah. you would need all sorts of stuff that, which, which was, you know, either you upgrade your skills or you bring in someone else, which is not that easy in any organization because then you're taking a, you, you know, you're looking at putting resources, time, effort, money, um, you know, business case scenarios, <laughs> but the the capability that these the advent of these technologies has put in the hands of a finance person is unprecedented, right? It is with with very little IT involvement, I can actually do far more today than was I could even conceive, you know, a year ago a year or two ago yeah. before we moved on to these platforms. So, you know, big data and the uh, ability for, you know, to predict trends, look at trends. And uh, for example, in our, in this particular operations role with the right data being av- being made available to the right people, we've been able to really improve profitability and drive down our operational costs like 
in so many ways possible. And what it has resulted is that there is a shift in the mindset. So the mindset shift is the fact that, you know, from where earlier on it was just one driver after the other that was kindly kind of driving decisions, which was like could have been production, could have been reserves, could have been, you know, better design or more mm-hmm. efficiency, reliability. But now there is an element of being able to compare profitability along with it, right? So, so everyone is now getting into a cost mindset as well. So fine, we are going to be doing this, but what is it going to give us? Are we getting good returns for our investment? So even small decisions are being driven with that mindset. And that cultural change in the whole organization is what is really exciting me now that you know with finance playing a starting role in almost everything and it has now the way for us it has even transformed the way it used to work now and earlier on now okay. even okay. it is now as a part of a whole, uh, the main operations team so you've got finance you've got it and you've got all the operations people now really working together to drive towards a common goal so which that cultural change is the most exciting thing for me now. Yeah, I, I, I can, I, I really enjoy how you summarize it because when, as you were speaking, I was sort of feel like living my own journey in terms of getting it to that state. And I, I remember being at university learning SQL. So that's, what's that going to be useful for? Well, it's great now to be able to set up the servers and also for the business to serve themselves with information. In effect, taking out a load of traditional finance workloads allowing us to then use our business partnering skills to go and find more avenues to drive value for the business i mean it's never been a more exciting time and thing is we have the skills if we, if we choose to embrace it to go and execute and get that seat at the table uh, traditionally you know so so we have the opportunity to be seen not just as back office but but actually at a seat at the decision making table and helping the business drive value and i think you've really summarized how to get there very well, Anush. So, so thank you for doing that. And um, I, I just want to uh, fire some quick questions at you as well um, mm-hmm. in terms of, as, as we sort of bring the, our conversation to a close, but in terms of advice, uh, whether it be personal advice or business advice, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received in your life? The best advice that I ever received in life was, you know, uh, from a finance perspective was, you know, go and work in the field right watch mm-hmm. what happens yeah. then only you know you'll be able to go be a so for example i learned that in uh well in, in my first job i was we were short of staff so badly that we were like 30 40 percent understaffed that everyone was <laughs> caught every, in the, in, the op, in the opening phase right it's like that like the scale up had not happened but everyone was called upon to do everything but mm-hmm. in that aspect learning every aspect of the business right really helped be you know you knew everything that was going on right and you could make decisions accordingly similarly in in when we went to Maersk, one of my bosses gave me a really good advice he says you know what forget about everything else when you join go with the operations manager and see an operation happen on the docks definitely really valuable lesson because when we went and I, when I, when I went there, I walked up the ship up and down, watched the whole unloading, loading operation. And I exactly knew where everything was. 
when I looked at my finance financials because then everything else fell into place. To go out, Anush, I couldn't agree with it more. Um, you know, from my own experience, you learn so much. You can actually see the numbers come to life in terms yeah. of the activities driving the numbers. It's so, and and also get to meet people and 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 if you get a chance to speak to people involved, figure out where there's some perhaps some opportunities on the ground to add value and and take them back and and see how we can do it so great great advice um so in terms of going along with that theme in terms of any resources you could recommend our listeners uh, would you be able to maybe suggest a book they they go follow up on i still think you know uh what they don't teach you at harvard business school is one of the cheapest resources to actually gain uh really i mean understanding the marketing and uh Selling side of things is super critical for a finance person as well. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I really like the expression earlier. You know, if you could have an accountant that could sell, you know, and I know you explained it. So yeah, it seems. Uh, I mean, I completely agree. Probably really that's why I I started in my career as a salesperson, and unknowingly, that's probably benefit my accounting career no end. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, maybe I've done it the wrong way around. Maybe it would have been easier to be an accountant first, then go selling. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. no, so thanks for that, Anoush. Anoush, you've seen a lot during your career. Uh, maybe what would be some trends that we should be mindful of in finance when it comes to the impending future? Yeah, absolutely. And see, one of the other scary things that is happening, and, and this is something which I'm just sharing with you, but in, a, in large organizations, right, with, um, so the combination of things like, this, uh, you know, shared service centers, yes. distributed kind of work processes, highly segmented work processes. Oh. Uh, and then you couple that with the upcoming staff turnover of people retiring. Yeah. The, the, biggest, the biggest issue that now is staring companies right in the face is that the number of people in a company who understand the end-to-end of all the financial processes is now extremely limited. Yes. And the, the issue that comes up is that sooner or later, no matter how much RPA you do, how much everything else you do with big ERP systems, highly complex processes, businesses change, right? Those processes become redundant mm-hmm. and they will fail. Mm-hmm. But if someone doesn't understand the linkages of where each process connects and how to solve problems down the road, you're going to be looking at major issues cropping up in terms of you know uh, work breakdowns and maybe even major financial reporting issues down the road. Yeah, I, I, that's why I love talk, again talking with with uh, folks like yourself, and who's like, no one's really saying that, but we see it, and and those people with the gut feel like I think I think we've been th- sort of through some accelerated learning given our experiences. <laughs> you know, maybe we, you know, at the time we probably didn't appreciate it, but um, we've we've probably got a very good gut feel for these things. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of other people are saying that, and that's why. I, I actually recruit people based on attitude and commerciality. I've hired salespeople. I've hired people from HR. I've hired people from IT. It doesn't always necessarily be finance people. It's about the team we build to that understands those processes because it's that the team comes together. Um, I've, I've embraced the, the robotic process automation to a degree, but I'm skeptical in a way because like yourself, 
businesses change, those processes become redundant. So you need to have people conversant with what, what the original intention was and how to adjust it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we can steer course overall. So yeah, it's, um, with workforce that is on the edge of retirement. Mm-hmm. And once those people leave and, you know, the newer, you know, ERP systems get replaced, you're looking at, and then the newer people who are coming through the ranks, they have never seen the end to end. Oh, they have never been exposed to that, that, you know, that hardcore end to end process management that yeah. is there, right, for finance. So, if they have never seen it, they don't know how to fix it. Yeah, yeah, Anuj, I think that's actually really concerning. Um, for me, I mean, I don't really sense myself. In general, the feedback I'm getting from our audience is that our organizations could be perhaps doing more to address what the future structures of finance are going to look like. And, um, you know, I think that probably explains a bit why uh, so many of our profession are disengaged with working in larger companies. But in the defense of larger companies, they're still figuring this out for themselves. So it's it's thoughts like yourself, uh, you know, it, it's thought leaders like yourself that are really helping uh, drive the conversation anyway and at least putting it out there so we can start doing something about it. And I suppose, you know, I really enjoyed reading some of your articles on LinkedIn, but should our um, audience wish to connect with you and, and find out more about you, uh, where's the best place to connect with you at? Um, LinkedIn. That's the best LinkedIn. way. That's the best That's way. The best I completely way. agree. Yeah. So, so news. Look, you've been a great guest for us. Um, really fa- fascinating career in terms of the journey you went on and all those experiences you were able to share. And I know our audience are, are going to benefit tremendously from from all those insights and also particularly what's exciting you now. I think think the agenda that's happening with the technology supporting enabling what we do, um, it, it really provides a great future. And, and thanks to those sort of words of encouragement around that. So Anuj, uh, thank you for for coming on the show today. Ah, thank you so much, Andrew, for having me, and uh, look forward to it. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.